And I want to share with you what your prayers and your financial offerings and, uh, and, and your love and concern uh, help make possible. And, uh, and then I want, I want to also give you some insight into what God is doing in Nepal and how God is using us. See, we, God, for some reason, has chosen to use us, Cornerstone Church, to impact a nation on the other side of the earth. Right now, it's midnight where they are, and it's midday here. And so it's, it's about as far away as you can get, Vincent. It's what the Bible calls the uttermost part of the earth. And believe me, if you try to get there, you'll find out it is uttermost. And, uh, and so, praise God. But we made it. And, uh, and your prayers made it possible. Your financial giving made it possible. Uh, this time, th this year, our, our Zambia mission and our Nepal mission were fully financed, fully funded before we ever left town. Amen. Praise God. And God used people. For, God used people all over the world to send uh, to send money to make the, this possible. We didn't have any one person finance the whole thing. I would let somebody if they wanted to. You know, I believe God's going to bless us with people who have means that can just underwrite a whole missions project. Uh, I, I believe that's coming. But uh, this church provided one third of our budget and. Two-thirds of our budget came from outside. And then there are people that, uh, that I've known for years, people we've pastored in the past. Um, uh, my good friend, Ricky Fowle, who has radio stations, um, sent a gift. Brother Jay Perdue, who passed away recently, uh, sent us $200. And uh, could have been and probably was the last offering he ever gave to a missions endeavor before he went to heaven and so you know I, I, I don't you know say well it was only two hundred dollars yeah but <laughs> it he did it it was in his heart to bless us he gave that two hundred dollars and then he goes to heaven like you know the next week and uh, and so that two hundred dollars represents some of his last if not his last giving to missions and and so I held it very sacred and, uh, and all, of, all of these things, you know, people that we used to pastor uh, help support us. And, and, uh, and so we're, we're just, I, I'm just blown away by how God provided. Amen. And uh, many times, you know, it, uh, it's, it, this church has provided all the money. And, uh, and, but, you know, on a, on when we tackled two, once, one a month apart from the other, uh, I knew I knew it was going to be a real step of faith and a challenge for us uh, to be able to afford it, and uh, God came through. Praise God! And and uh, and I didn't I didn't bring any cash home with me. I mean, we left it all on the mission field. Praise God! But I was able to you know any time I used a credit card, I was able to pay that off, and so I'm not looking at I'm not having to look and pay for the past. We can. We can look forward to the future. Lord, Amen. Lord. And so, praise the Lord. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah. Amen. So, God, is, God is, is blessing 
he's blessing us financially, enabling us to do that, and for a church this size to be able to impact the world the way it, it's happening is truly a sign and a wonder. And it's a provoking thing. We're provoking some other churches. We're provoking people to do more than they, because we kind of we kind of deprive them of their excuses. You know, the excuse we're too small of a church, or the excuse we're too old. Because <laughs> you know, I was the oldest person in Nepal. I, I kid you not. I, I didn't see anybody anywhere as old as me. Now, I'm sure they're there. You know, one taxi driver asked me how old I was, and I told him, and he said, wow. He said, you're very old. He said, we don't see people your age going about doing things. He said, they're usually so weak, they can't walk, and they have to stay home. Well, I understand that when you realize where they have to walk to. Because no matter where you go there, it's upstairs, downstairs, downhill, uphill. And if you lose your leg strength, you're not going anywhere. You're going to stay right home. You, you'd be lucky if you can even get to the outhouse because there's a hill there. Or there's a mountain between you. And, the, and the, I mean, so old people don't get around very well. And, and, uh, but I had help, praise God, all these young guys, you know, come along beside me and push me and shove me and hold me up. And uh, take care of the old man. A Adam was talking to a, a taxi driver. Yeah, we must have ridden a hundred taxis. I mean, everywhere we go, we got to get a taxi. We get a taxi to go to a restaurant to meet some pastors, and after we eat, then we got to get a taxi to go back to our hotel. And then it was that somebody calls and says, "Hey, can you come and meet us at such and such?" And and so. Adam always says, yeah, and so then we got to get a taxi to go there, and, and you don't keep the taxi, you let them go, and then about midnight, you're trying to find a taxi to take you back to the hotel, and it was just taxi, 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 and they, they're not like our taxis. These things are so small, when I get, they put me in the front seat because there's more room, and my knees are up under my chin, and I'm in, I'm in the roomy seat. And, uh, and you, you bang your head when you get in, you bang your head while you're in there, you bang your head when you get out, and these things are just held together by baling wire and barely going down the road, and uh, they got motor engines so tiny that they can't hardly get me and the car up the hill, and so it's, it's a challenge, and, uh, and so a Adam's talking to the taxi driver, and the, where, where we were going was... Off of, off of the pavement and down a riverbed, there was a river, and this church is built uh, on the riverbank, and the road going down to it is a path, and it's washed out, it's got ruts, you know, and the motorcycles, the motorcycles have difficulty getting down to this church. Well, when the taxi driver, we're, we're driving along on the road, on the pavement, and Adam says, oh, here it is. Stop, stop, stop. We, we got to go down this path, the, the, this road. And the guy looks at it. He says, that's not a road. <laughs> he said, I'm not going down there. And Adam says, oh, well, we need to go down there. He said, no, you're going to have to walk from here. And he said, no, my father is in the back seat here, and he's very, very old. <laughs> and the guy looked at me, and he looked at Adam, and he took off down the path. 
and I mean, it was rough. It was really rough. And we got there, and uh, but then the next time Adam called for a cab, nobody came. So they had to send a motorcycle back to the highway and wait for the cab to get to that point where they always look and leave. That's when they cancel. And so they sent somebody up there to grab the taxi and make him come down to the church. And we waited, after church was over, we waited for an hour and a half before they finally got a taxi down there. And then, then, then I had to make my way down the hill to the taxi, slipping and sliding, and they're holding on to me, and it's dark, and I can't see where I'm stepping. And uh, Jimmy knows what we're talking about. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's, it, it's a challenge. But praise God, we're going to, uh, we prevailed and we had some great services. And, uh, every, and you know what? Every time I got back to my bed, I didn't have any trouble sleeping. <laughs> Not a bit. So we're going to show you some pictures. Uh, uh, Robert, if you could turn the lights off. And, and uh, I'm just going to sit down here. And, and uh, we tried to get them in some kind of order, but, you know, they're probably not in order. But you weren't there. You don't know what the order is. But I'm just going to talk to you about uh, some things and then and just let you know how God is working and how God used us. So here we go. We ready? Okay. Uh, do I need to define what's happening there? We're at the airport in Nepal, and uh, the caption under this says, We have arrived. And that's Adam on the left, me on the right. Uh, 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 we're, we're in the air. Now listen, that's a miracle right there. Because I went down to get my test, my COVID test, the PCR test, you know, that says I don't have it. I went down to Quest. Don't ever go there. I went down to Quest Diagnostic and they said, go back, go back, girl. That's, not, that's, that's way out in the future. Okay. Uh, I, I went down there to uh, uh, get my test results, and they said it, it could be it could be uh, by the end of today or tomorrow. And I'm flying out tomorrow, so I flew out in faith that by the time I got to uh, Qatar, Doha, that uh, I would be able to go online and get my test results. Well, when I got when I got there, that's an 18-hour flight. When I got there, no test results. And Nepal will not let you in without a, posit a, a negative test result. And so I'm sitting there. I had a six-hour layover in Qatar, and I'm sitting there praying. been nice to have enjoyed it, but, uh, you know, there's this stress factor because, you know, I don't have the test results. And they didn't come. I checked every hour. They didn't come. They didn't come. And finally, I thought, you know, I do have the test results for when I went to Zambia. But, you know, you're supposed to do it within 72 hours. And so I, I pulled it up on my phone, and I went up to this desk, and I said, uh, can I print this form out? And they said, well, you'll have to send it in an email and then... When they get the email, they'll send it to us, and we can print it out. So I did that. About two hours later, they come with this paper, and it's all garbled up, messed up. It's, it's not even straight on the page, and, and the date was cut off. 
Well, I needed the date cut off. And, uh, and so Adam gets there, and I say, Adam, do you think they'll let me into Nepal with this? And he says, well, we'll try it. And so I get to Nepal to the immigration desk, and they ask for my PCR results, and I handed them this gobbledygook paper. And the guy said, this is a mess. I can't read this. And I said, well, yeah, Qatar Airlines printed this out, and they made a big mistake. And, uh, and he said, ah, go on in. And so I got into Nepal with a fake test result. It wasn't fake. It was real, but it was for a month ago. And uh, do you know that I got my test results from Quest two days after I got back here? Here's the lesson. If you've got to do something like that, go to a lab. Go, go to somebody that has a lab right here in town because they had to send it to Tampa, and people in Tampa dropped the ball. Dropped the ball. And so uh, go, s go to s some place that has, a, has their own lab. That'll get you. Okay. Now, next one. Okay, this is uh, uh, at Siraj's Barbecue Joint. And we're standing out front. These people are the leadership of We Acts 29. And uh, the guy that's squatting down there is Apostle Basanta. And he's the, the leader of We Acts 29. He took over from Paul Bott. Paul Bott, you know, is in Minnesota, married him a Minnesota girl. And so when he left, Apostle Basanta became the leader of We Acts 29. And this guy holding the little girl here is Siraj, and Siraj is the pastor now of We Acts 29. He's also got a church that meets in his house, and he also uh, leads worship at, uh, at another church, a Dulham Grace Church. And so he's real busy, and then he's running this, uh, this barbecue joint, and we're standing in the kitchen. It's on the it's front porch. He's got a barbecue grill right there behind where he's standing, and he barbecues the meat there, and then there's tables and chairs inside his little building where people sit and eat. But uh, there's Adam standing behind Apostle Basanta, and then uh, this is the girl on the right holding the little baby is uh, Siraj's wife, Anisha. The baby's name is Jacob, and, uh, and then the little girl's name is Ahava, and Cornerstone Church paid uh, the doctor bills for both of those kids to get uh, so they could get them out of the hospital. This is this is Ahava. She's a sweetie, and uh, she was very active and very much a part of all our meetings. And uh, she's just uh, I mean she prays. She's three years old and she prays in tongues and lays hands on people. I mean, she she is uh, she's the real deal. That girl is. Okay, next. Okay, this uh, the the first night we were there, we went to We Acts Twenty Nine, and it's just a, a a metal building. I told you it's built on the riverbank, and they have no They had one little plastic chair, and that's where I was sitting. They let the old man sit in a in a chair. And then everybody else just sits on the floor. They've got these little these little padded carpet pieces that cover the floor, 
the walls are just sheet metal with fabric uh, uh, panels covering them. And that's fancy for there. And uh, it's just a big room, about the size of this room, with a high ceiling. And they have a, a PA system there, and they turn that thing up as loud as it'll go. And, and people just keep coming in and coming in. They all sit on the floor. And when they're worshiping, they're dancing and shouting and running around. And, and then they sit down and listen. This is, and this is, they're listening to Adam preach right now. Okay, here's Siraj's kitchen. It's just a little wagon, a little cart. And he's got some grills up there, and he just puts all kinds of meat, uh, buffalo, lamb, chicken, uh, no beef, uh, pork. Pork, bu bu buffalo is about as close as they get to beef. And see the little, uh, little kebabs he's got up there. And then he's got vegetables and up there on the top right. I think that's chi chicken. And then here on the bottom left, that's just a big pot of rice. And he serves, he serves uh, his little barbecue. And when he's open... He's got them. He's got them lined up down the street. I mean, people come from all around, and the city is giving him problems because his business is so prosperous that it causes a traffic problem. And and it's just it's about it's about his see his wiring there. I mean, he he wired it up. He built. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it would be a, it would be closed down for code violations here, but but there you know it's working and. And he's a good cook. There he is with me. Uh, and we were a team. He's my buddy. And he speaks good English. He's full of the Holy Ghost, has dreams every night. He's, he's, a, he's a real leader. And yet he, uh, he, he served me. Like I said, he was always right beside me, holding me up. Literally. If I had to go up steps, you know, he would, he would lend me his shoulders, you know, and, and we'd... We were just, we were just, oh, here, we're going to stay here a little bit, Irene. This is the front steps of, a, of the church. Okay, that, uh, it's right in the road. It's one of those roads the taxis don't want to go down. And this is where you step up. Uh, the blue thing is the gate. And so you step up to the gate. You open the gate, and then you go up a real steep incline to the church entrance. And, uh, and it's all uh, surrounded by this corrugated steel. And what we have here is we have, we have three concrete blocks, two bags of cement mix with a brick on top and, a, and another bag of cement mix. And that's step one, two, and three, and then four is you step right there on that ledge, you open the gate, and you fall in, you know. <laughs> and now, three years ago in 2020, those were the steps. Three years later, 2023, same steps. Pastor Thomason said, don't you want any old people coming to your church? Because for me to, well, first of all, when Adam and I got there, there was nobody there. It was on Sunday morning, a Saturday morning. They have their services on Saturday. And 
9 o'clock, and there was nobody there. The gate was padlocked, not a soul in sight. And so Adam was just going to drop me off, and then he was going to go to another church. But he didn't want to leave me there by myself, and so we stand there for about 30 minutes. Finally, the pastor and his wife come on a motorcycle, and they're, oh, we're so sorry, we're so sorry, and they unlock the gate, and then, and then Adam gets on one side of me, and the pastor, David, gets on the other side of me, and his wife gets behind me, and she pushes, <laughs> and, and they get me up. They get me up the step, and then you know, and then you know, they they help me get to the church building. But I asked, I asked, you know, while we're standing there, I asked Adam. I said, "What's the matter with these people?" I said, "These are the same steps they had three years ago. Can't can't they find something besides a bag of concrete mix? Can't yeah? I mean, and he says, he says this picture describes their mentality." Because they only have a five-year lease on this property. All of these corrugated panels of steel have a number on them. They come, they put the building up, they have a five-year lease, and at the end of five years, they have to take the building apart and go find another piece of land. And church, Christian churches in Nepal cannot own property. So you either have to have a member who owns property, who will let you use it, or you have to rent. And the rent is... Uh, what happens is is you improve the property and then the landlord wants more money and so you have you know they force you to move and and the fact that they're moving see they've been here three years when we were there before they were still putting the building together remember i told you that you know they didn't have a top the birds were flying through and stuff well they were still putting the building together when we were there well, now, three years later, they've only got two years left on the, on the lease. And so they're thinking, well, we're going to have to move in two years. So why, why make an improvement? You know? Uh, and, you know, if somebody falls and breaks a leg, you know, we'll just pray for them. You know, that, that kind. But, but I, I kid you not. Uh, to me, later when they, uh, later on, you know, we, I preached there this mor that morning. But later on, they asked you, you know, do you want to go to Pastor David's church for another service? I said, I'd rather go somewhere else. <laughs> and where they took me, the somewhere else they took me was worse than this. <laughs> so, you know, I just got, you know, it, I mean, it was, uh, but th that, that picture says volumes right. as far as the way they think there. So they don't, they don't make anything real nice because they're going to have to move. And it's kind of like us renting this place. You know, we could put wall-to-wall -wall carpet in here, but we know that we're not going to be here forever. We're, we're eventually going to have to leave. So why do we want to put a, that kind of an investment in rental property? We don't. So we get us we get us a couple rugs here to put down at the front, and, and we make it as nice as we can, and we paint the floor. But if this was ours, if we owned this, we would we would doll it up a little bit more. Now, we're not ashamed of how it looks now, but they're not ashamed of their place. Okay, uh, all right, let's go to the... Here's the inside of the building. See the corrugated steel and everything? All right, they had to cut this, this out of the side of a very sloping hill. So the inside of their sanctuary is terraced. You've got, you've got different levels going down to the 
platform. That green area is the platform, but it's downhill from where the people sit. And right there in between is a mighty gulf. And that, that is for drainage. That's what keeps their platform from getting flooded because when it rains, water runs down the hill and down that, that ditch there and, and goes outside. And so uh, the chairs that you sit in while the service is going on are right here behind these plants. And then when it's time for you to go down to preach, you got to go down those steps over and step on the green. But that first step is about 22 inches. And then the second step, and then where that little green, that step where the green is, that's where everybody takes their shoes off. Because you don't go on the platform with your shoes on. And so by the time I got there, that little step there was covered with shoes. So I had to, I had to, get, uh, I had to get somebody to loan me their shoulder so I could jump down the step, take my shoes off, and then walk on this bed of shoes and get on the green. And... Uh, and so that was, uh, that's why I took that picture. And that, you know, and the whole time I'm sitting there during worship, I'm thinking, do I start with my right leg or my left leg? <laughs> and uh, can I do it by myself or do I have to get somebody to help me? And I, w I wound up getting Siraj. You know, he was my interpreter, so he helped me down. And then when I got to the point to take off my shoes, he said, he said, you don't have to take your shoes off. Just keep them on. So I kept my shoes. <laughs> Thank God, because, you know. Anyway, that, that's a, <laughs> that's a, that picture right there is worth a thousand words. I mean. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, why don't you just add one more step there so you don't have to. Because I was noticing even the natives were having trouble getting up and down that. And I thought, I thought, why don't you just add one more step? And they looked at me like, we never thought about that. <laughs> so anyway, they're precious people. Precious people. We had a great service there. But it, okay. All right. We, 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 uh, we went down to this town called Chitwan, and uh, where we were going, the church we were going to, uh, Jimmy's been there. Uh, they had a tent when Jimmy was there in October, but now they've built their own building, and it's a pretty nice building. But the road to get there, well, this is the road right there. See it? And uh, there's some places where cars can't pass, can't go. So they got these little, uh, what they call these? Jitneys. Jitneys, yeah. And uh, we had to have two of them because our team was growing. And so we ride in these things to go to church and, and back and forth to our hotel. And it's quite a ride, I tell you. I took up nearly the whole back seat. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding you not. And uh, but there'd be two of us in the back seat, and then they would lay a little a little portable ledge down on the front seat by the driver, and somebody would sit there. So we had a, we had three in each one plus the driver, and uh, that was. Uh, you see those all over India. Okay, this is the church that we went to instead of going to Pastor David's church. Thi this is Pastor Anthony's church. And uh, you see you see those are steps? It, you start at the road and you go down this steep incline 
to those gates and you open the gate and then you go down some more and the the church building is sitting like on a cliff overlooking some other building but uh, what they did see is they rented this horrible piece of land and this is the only way they can get to it down these steep steps the redeeming thing is they had these rails on both sides and I'm grabbing them going down it's it's more of an incline than it looks but when we get down there we found this really nice church building that was insulated you couldn't hear them worshiping on the outside because they had insulated walls and it was air-conditioned and man it was a nice place okay oh uh, you know the this is towards the end of our our time there we we're in this place called Chitwan and they have a state park and so we decided after services one day that we were going to take a safari and so we get in these jeeps and they're high off the ground and the only way to get in there is climb in from the back and uh, I had to have uh, I had to have a push to get up in there and it's humiliating but hey they got me in there and uh, and so we're getting ready to go uh, on this quote safari that lasted about three hours and uh, but it was fun it was outdoors it was uh, in quote a jungle area and we did see some animals mostly birds deer uh, one hippopotamus one rhinoceros some elephants and uh, some uh, crocodiles yeah and some peacocks and lots of pretty birds but that's what we rode in and that was extra so I paid for it and then everybody wanted to go so <laughs> so I paid for it but it, wa it wasn't that much money but it was it was you know I think I think it, it cost maybe $25 for 12 people and this is a uh, kingfisher. This is one of the birds we saw. Okay. Okay, now we're going back in time. <laughs> uh, with all the packing that I did, I didn't pack a coat. And it was nice and warm during the day, but at night it got cold. And so Adam and I, we decided we were going to go find me a jacket, you know, just a light jacket. So we go to that old shopping district, and th these buildings are like a thousand years old, and they're close together, and it's you know it's really it's really a unique experience, and uh, it was supposed to be a rest day. This was right after we got there, and we got there on Thursday, and this is Friday, and it's supposed to be a rest day, and Adam's taking me to find a jacket, and and there was a store at the top of one of those buildings and it was up five flights of stairs no rails nothing to hold on to but the walls and and so we huff and puff and I we get I get all the way up to the top I'm hot I'm sweating I'm breathing heavy and they then they want me to try on these coats 
And you know what it's like when you're trying on clothes. You get hot. Well, I'm already hot. And, and then these coats are so little that they had to peel them off of me. And, and, uh, and I told Adam, I said, you did this on purpose, didn't you? I said, I said these are the stairs to hell and back. You know, I mean, I'm giving him a hard time. And, uh, and I, we didn't find anything that would fit me. And so we went from store to store like that until we, found, we finally found something that was marked 4X. And I still couldn't button it in the middle. But I bought it so that at least I had something to put on at night. So, so I've still got that if anybody wants a... a uh, <laughs> but it's not 4X. I don't care what they say. But anyway. And of course, this is at We Acts 29. Uh, there's Siraj, my interpreter, that's me preaching. All these people sitting on the floor, and I'm talking to them about how they are a chosen generation. And they're all young people, and I'm ta I talked about what God's doing among young people in the world and how God's raising up a young army, and they're going to be able, they're going to take the world for Jesus. And boy, they were excited. And, I'm, you know, they, it, we had a great service. This is the service that we had to wait for a taxi for an hour and a half. So everybody just kind of hung around, and, uh, you know, so before I left there, I promise you, I had prayed over every person in that room at least twice and blessed them, and, you know, and, and of course, Adam prayed for them, too, and they just, they're just so hungry for God. Boy, they, it, I love going to that. Did you go to that? Um, I don't think they Okay. Yeah, they were building it. Yeah, but that was uh, uh, that's a joy to go to that church. Amen. Okay. Are y'all enjoying this? I you know, see there I am laying hands on people. That's you know just uh, and you know what you know when in that in that setting in that atmosphere, I was prophesying over people right and left. I mean you know words would just come to me. And I'd prophesy, this particular guy uh, is a runner. During the whole service, he ran back and forth, ran back and forth, ran back and forth. And the word that God gave me was, I, I'm going to use you as a runner. You're going to take the gospel and you're going to run with it. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a powerful word. And I, so powerful, I still remember it. Okay. Uh, this is me preaching in that first church. You know, I, uh, I have proof that I made it down those steps. <laughs> and, and everywhere you go, they give you these little scarves they put around your neck. It's a sign of honor. And in this particular church, they gave me, they gave me that scarf, and they gave me a bouquet of flowers, and, uh, and they gave me something else. And so before I left, I gave the flowers to some lady. Uh, and... Uh, but I've I kept the scarf. I've got a whole collection of those things now. I just need to figure out what to do with them. But, but you know, I don't like to preach in them because they make you hot. You know, they're warm. So I I, I always find some way, some reason to take it off and fold it up without offending them. And that's my buddy Siraj. Okay. Okay. This is a, a prayer room. They built, and this is down a road that the taxis don't go. 
but they found some land and they built this this building. It's a, like a, a homeless shelter. They, they they use it as a rescue place, but they're building a prayer tower right outside, and where the you know, Kingdom Prayer Tower Center, and they wanted us to come and spend uh, a couple hours, you know, praying with them, and so we did. And when we got finished, uh, and we it took us a couple of hours to get a taxi to come down and pick us up. But they have motorcycles, but I've told them that I'm not riding your motorcycle because <laughs> you know because uh, you're sitting on the back of it and you're getting the bumps. And you know if I I know if I rode on one of that, my back would be it'd ruin my trip. So. I just refuse. So they have to get a taxi. And they eventually got one. But these are just wonderful people that just gather together to pray. It's a small area. I think there was 12 of them total. But we had us, uh, ourselves a prayer time. And that's Siraj playing the guitar. And he plays the guitar and sings real loud. And you can't, you can't hear yourself when you're praying with people. I try to teach him how to make it softer, you know. But it doesn't compute in his mind. Anyway, amen. Okay, this is Pastor Timothy, and he's the guy that translated my book into Nepali and, uh, uh, and had it printed. It's like a little mini book, and it, it, only, it takes less than an hour to read it. And it's in Nepali, and I'm just trusting that he translated it right. But there it is. See the letter? That's my name there at the bottom. You recognize it? <laughs> and uh, and it's divine healing as a lifestyle, and and uh, we use that. We passed it out among the pastors at the Kingsway conference, and then when we had the healing conference, we took some and passed them out as well. And uh, but we had over five. We had five hundred of those printed. And we got rid of all of them. The pastors were taking them to take home to their churches. And so, and we also had it printed in uh, Tagala, in the Indian language. Uh, not the Philippine language, the Indian. Tagalog, Tagalog. Ah. Not Hindi. Not the Filipino, but it's something like that. And Adam took 500 of them with him when he went off to India. Pastor Timothy is translating another book for me on Holy Communion. And for the translation, it cost, it cost me $100. And to print 500 of these there cost about $140. And I, I'm, I'm getting him to uh, read it in Nepali. For an audio thing, so uh, we'll have we'll have the we'll have an audio version, and then we'll have, uh, and he's of course he's all excited because it's income for him, and he wants to translate everything I've got, <laughs> but I can get it done cheaper there than anywhere, you know. So he's a good man. He's a pastor, but he's he's an educated pastor, and uh, he's doctor somebody. This is uh, at uh, we're we're uh, 
ordaining this gentleman uh, and Adam when when Adam ordains them he always washes their feet and it's interesting because while he's washing their feet he's praying and he begins to prophesy and so he's he's as he's washing their feet God gives him prophetic words for these people this particular guy I mean look at him he looks like just a real simple guy he has a church of 1,200 people. He has, he has planted like 15 churches already. He wants to plant 50 more churches. And he, uh, uh, and he feels called to take the gospel to the surrounding countries. So he's got a missionary uh, vision. And, uh, and he's just as humble as he could be. And he joined Kingsway. So... No, I can't remember. I've got it recorded. I, d I recorded the prophecy, but it was it was real good, real powerful prayer too that Adam prayed. But we we went out of our way and spent a whole afternoon with this guy, just filling out his papers because he can't. He's not educated enough to read them and understand. So we helped him f fill out his papers. We helped him, you know, uh, with all of that and. We, we spent a lot of time with this one guy, but I think he's worth it. I think he's worth it, and I know he's worth it. <laughs> and uh, it was such a blessing to take part in that. But when it, comes to the, when it comes to baptizing people, you know, we had a baptism service, and Adam baptized some people, uh, and these ordinations and things like that, I always defer to Adam. Because Adam's lived there, he knows the culture. They respect him tremendously. I'm the uh, I'm Adam's very old father, and so I represent Kingsway, and I'm, I'm like an official. But here's Adam baptizing people, and this is on our last day in Chitwan. And this baptistry is uh, is a makeshift. Uh, they just put all these blocks together. Then they put they put they lined it with a tarp and they filled it with water. And he baptized five people that day. And the fact that we've got a picture, notice it's showing his good side. And, uh, but <laughs> the gospel's got to go on, folks. Amen. Praise. And that's the pastor. That's Pastor John right there. He is a precious brother. He suffered, uh, you know, he suffered a lot of persecution. And, but he, most of these guys have. Most of these guys have suffered so much persecution that we ought to be ashamed of ourselves. You know, really, it puts, it puts us to shame what they've had to go through because Christianity is not welcome. And so they, they, uh, they get thrown out of their families. They get ostracized. A lot of them, you know, have, have you know, they're, they're, uh, a lot of them, you know, have property and jobs and all that, and they lose it all when they become a Christian. Next. This is the view from our hotel at night. And uh, you see how smoky it is? The reason I took this picture was that it was clearer than the night before. <laughs> the night before, I couldn't even see the lights down in the valley. And uh, about halfway up that mountain, you see this one light. You know, in, in the dark, dark, there's this one light right there. That's where Siraj lives. He gets on his little scooter and comes all the way across that valley to 
to where we are. And, you know, such a servant. Okay, this is uh, the family of uh, David Moktan, the pastor of that, that first church I showed you. And he's, uh, he's at, the, at the foot, uh, head of the table right next to Adam there. That's Pastor David. That's his wife. These are his uh, sons and uh, daughter-in-law. Uh, there's the daughter-in-law. She's from India. And then her husband's sitting next to her. His name is Joel. And these two, these two young guys on the end are just uh, a couple of young guys that live with them. <laughs> and uh, and we're, si we're in a restaurant. Uh, Joel is about to go to Singapore because he's going to lead worship at a conference in Singapore. And he's leaving. This is Friday night, and he's leaving the next day. And so they wanted to get with us before Joel left. But he is a singer. And, uh, you know, got a beautiful voice. His wife has a beautiful voice. And they, they've got a real ministry in music. And we, w this is a, a, a Korean restaurant. And we had some really good Korean food. It was, it was good. It was so good that I requested to go back there. Uh, you know, at least once while we were there. But, you know, spicy, you know, really Kung Pao chicken, you know, with all the spices in it and stuff. It was good. Y'all getting hungry? Okay. Okay, this is at We Acts 29 before the service started. They didn't, uh, uh, their lights went out, so they didn't have any lights. And so uh, Siraj, he goes up this ladder and he fixes the lights. And this is a hand homemade ladder, and he just scampers up there, and it works on the electricity. And he's not a trained electrician, but he just says, uh, "I'll figure it out." And <laughs> so he, but see the floor, you know, it, it's just real simple. It's just a real simple building, but boy, they sh they they fill it with the presence of God. Amen. But this is what's going on before the service starts. They got they got to fix the lights, and they did. Okay. Okay, this is the Kingsway uh, Fellowship International Conference, and this is a group picture. These are pastors and their wives, and they, we had uh, 42 people register, and there were about 10 or so that didn't register. And, uh, but we only wanted 50, because uh, the accommodations would only take care of 50. And so we had about 20 uh, pastor couples. And this is the first time that the pastor's wives have been invited. And so we ministered to the pastor's wives as much as we did the, the pastors. And uh, some of them had their kids with them. And it was, uh, but that, it, that was a good group. Th this guy got up on top of the roof so he could take a picture of the group. And... Uh, that's me. I'm standing in the front, the obvious one, right? The very, the very old man. <laughs> Amen. Standing with a couple of a pastor and his wife. That's Pastor Dillip in the sweater there. Okay. And here I'm. Um, where's that? Oh, that's in Chitwan. I'm preaching in Chitwan. This young guy uh, is interpreting for me. He's the keyboard player and the worship leader. 
but Siraj sat, shouted his voice out, and so we had to get. Uh, uh, I was trying to think of his name, and so he interpreted for me. But it, it was his first time ever, and considering that, I thought he did pretty good. <laughs> and I'm preaching on divine healing as a lifestyle, so we had a good. We, you know, there's some things he didn't understand. So I hate to train translators, but somebody's got to do it. And here's prayer time. They're all they're all on their knees, praying. Uh, this is the building, Jimmy, that uh, replaced the tent, and it's it's pretty nice. They've got windows that open and close and lock, and they've got uh, fans and. Uh, it's not a bad, not a bad little building, and w and they had it crammed full of people, and most of these people, this is before the service started. See how the f carpet is on the floor? They just come in. The women sit on the left. The men sit on the right. By the time everybody's there, there's people sitting on the red too, and uh, and it's just it's hot in there. I mean, it's but it's that's church. That that's fancy church right there. And uh, they had that thing crammed full of people front to back. See, there's more people there now. And I'm sitting in the far corner in the very back taking this picture, you know, and, and uh, um, I, think that's, I think that's Adam up there preaching. But it's amazing, you know. These people, or most of these people are subsistence farmers which is a form of slavery. You know, the landowners own the land and they, they uh, pay the uh, workers just barely enough for them to uh, live, but they don't live very well. They live in real humble abodes. And this church has a daycare for the kids of these farm workers. And they don't charge. It's like a free daycare. And they teach these kids because they don't go to school anywhere else. So they teach them, and they they uh, they win them to the Lord. And and thi listen, this church a year and a half ago didn't exist. This is a brand new church, and these are new Christians. You know, and and Jimmy and Adam were 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 there at the very beginning, and a lot of these people got saved when when Jimmy and Adam were there in October. And started bringing their family and friends in. So th this this is this is a new, f whole new crop of people, and they're getting fired up. Man, they we, we talked about spiritual maturity, and we talked about the laying on of hands to heal the sick, and we told them that you can lay hands on people, and and boy, they were like, "Are you kidding me?" Because everybody there wanted us to lay hands on them, and we said, "Okay, that's okay," you know. Uh, but that's baby Christian. Now, when you grow up, you're going to be the one who's laying hands on people. And so the next day, I told them it's your turn to lay hands on people. <laughs> and they just kind of blinked at me and stared. And, and, I, and I said, no, I mean it. I'm not going to pray for you today. No, no, our team, and look at these four boys. They come up. And now, the story behind this was Adam was trying to get them to come up and pray for me one at a time and they wouldn't do it they were so intimidated 
and shy that he couldn't get either one of them. I said, well, have them all four come. And so they all four came and laid hands on me and prayed. And then, then later, I'm, I'm watching them, and they're out among the congregation praying for adults. And, you know, I mean, they, they became a, a foursome, a fierce, fearless foursome there. And, uh, but the, I was the first one they ever prayed for. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just amazing. That's a cool picture. Look at this one. This is Ahava. She's praying for her daddy. See, she's got her hand on his forehead, and she's praying in tongues. There's, that's her right there. But she was in her daddy's arms and just praying in tongues. And he's supposed to be leading worship, but he's, he, he stopped so his daughter could pray for him. Pretty cool, huh? And this is, we spent a lot of time doing this right here, just praying for people. This is a this is a, a couple with a little baby, and they're new Christians, brand new Christians. And it was just such a joy. Uh, this is a coffee break halfway from Kathmandu to Chitwan down this horrible road highway, and uh, well, this is. It was a six-hour drive, and this was the only bathroom that we could stop at. So everybody had to go to the bathroom. And then we're sitting there, and everybody starts drinking these big bottles of water and coffee and stuff. And I'm thinking, where's the next bathroom? <laughs> I mean, I mean. And I was, I'll tell you what I was thinking right here. I was thinking, Ruth would not want to be here. <laughs> Ruth would not want to be here. But that's Pastor David Mockton. Uh, that's... Uh, Next to him is a is a Abba Shalom. He is a Pakistani refugee, and then Adam and Siraj and me. That was uh, the five of us plus our driver uh, rented a jeep and drove from Kathmandu to Chitwan. Oh, and by the way, while we're in Chitwan, I asked the pastor there. I said, "Do y'all have an airport?" He said, yeah, we've got an airport. And I said, how much would it cost to fly from here back to Kathmandu? And he said, oh, about $60 more than you, you would have to pay for a Jeep to drive. And I thought, for $60 more, we could all fly back? I said, how long will it take to fly back? He said, about 25 minutes. So I turned to Adam and I said, we're flying back. And he says, "You don't want to. You don't want to rent the jeep again and and drive on that highway and all that." I said, "Are you kidding me? Six hours versus twenty-five minutes?" Yeah, those roads are not highway. Like yeah, that six mm -hmm. they don't realize they the holes are. I mean, it's oh boulders, rocks, thousand <laughs> foot drop. And it's the main highway for all the trucks. Right. And the suspension's blown out of all the big. Oh yeah, it's not safe. It's not safe. You're safer on Buddha air than you are than you are in the in on the ground. Yeah, this is Buddha air right here. We're on, we're on the plane thanks to Pastor Thomason and his sixty dollars. Amen. <laughs> Look how happy they are too, man. They're 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 happy to be there. <laughs> they were thanking me. I mean, 
uh, Siraj says, thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. And Adam says, you know, he says, whatever the budget will cover. And I said, well, the budget is flexible. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, uh, go back to that other picture you had up there. Uh, this is a guy named Pastor Anthony. He's, past, he's pastor of the church that's insulated and has air conditioning and stuff. I showed you the path going down to it. Well, Pastor Anthony, you know, down there, all the pastors, they get around on motorcycles. And he had a really nice, really nice motorcycle that made everybody envious. But he got hit by a bus. And it it shattered his leg, uh, broke his uh, arm. I mean, he had he had a compound fracture in his leg. He was bleeding. He was on the side of the road. And get this, the bus driver put it in reverse and was coming over, coming to run over him again, because they they it's cheaper for them to pay for a fatality than to pay for somebody's hospital bills. So they're known for if they if they hit you and don't kill you, they'll try to run over you again. But there was a mob of people that gathered around him and protected him from that bus driver. So the bus driver left, and uh, these people got him to the hospital. And, I mean, they carried him to the hospital. And the doctor said that if he, they hadn't got him there when they did, he would have bled to death. So the fact that he's alive is a miracle. And he's, but he's, he's, uh, he's had several surgeries, and he's walking on crutches, but he's just the sweetest guy, man. And we prayed for him, and we encouraged him. He didn't come to the Kingsway Conference because he can't get around. But so we, we just went to see him. And it took us half a day, you know, but it was worth it. So a lot of our days were not in uh, meetings. They were in, in meetings like this. And I really like this guy, you know, Pastor Anthony. And he's the pastor who discipled uh, Siraj. And so he's, he's really got some good fruit. And, of course, you can tell that Adam shaved his head, you know, so I, I gave him a hard time. I told him, I said, man, you're going to have to put something on that because it's glaring in the pictures. <laughs> but uh, but this is down that long path I was showing you, you know, this, this building is. Okay. There's Adam preaching and Siraj interpreting. That, I think that's a great picture. Oh yeah, they were <laughs> they were getting after it, and I'm at the back of the room, so I'm using Zoom, you know, to get it. Okay, there he is again. That's Basanta. But uh, I don't know what happened to Adam's arms. They're there somewhere. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, this is what we did a lot of. Uh, we're we're leaning against the post, waiting for a taxi. <laughs> and this is a th this particular spot is a major intersection, but we we still had to wait for forty five minutes for a taxi to come. I found out why. It, uh, Adam's got one of these apps, and you you know you call a taxi, and you set how much you want to pay. And Adam's always trying to lowball them. 
Well, they'll say, okay, we're, we're coming. We're 10 minutes away. We're coming. But in that 10 minutes, they'll get another call offering them more money. So they cancel him, and they go for the more money. I said, Adam, you got to be the more money guy. you got to be. You got to outbid these other people. But, boy, he just... Oh, and here's our breakfast. Look at this, man. We got this hotel that, that opened in January. It cost us $40 a night for both of us to stay there. And it included breakfast. And the owner is a guy from Bangladesh who's a Christian. And it has 40 rooms, and then the, the owner lives on the top floor with his family. But every morning he would, he would fix us a breakfast that was different from the morning before. And he and he just he, he had a gift for presenting the food. But this is sausage, eggs, a little bit of salad, uh, two pieces of toast with jam and butter, and then a bowl of fruit, and then a cappuccino out of a cappuccino machine with the little flour on it, you know. And uh, But we had to ask for the coffee or he wouldn't bring it, but, you know. And usually we were the only guests that were there because it's a brand new hotel but he he is a precious brother Christian guy but I don't want y'all to get jealous or anything but that I look forward to breakfast and if I could get a breakfast like this it didn't matter what they what I ate the rest of the day we at least we at least knew we had something recognizable yeah now this this is Pastor Anthony's church. Look at how nice it is. See, it's got, it's got speakers hanging from the ceiling. He's got an air conditioner hanging from the ceiling, fans. I mean, uh, it's one of the nicer. And because the uh, neighbors are Hindu and they complain about the worship, he soundproofed that whole, that whole auditorium so that, uh, the neighbors can't hear, uh, hear him. Otherwise, they would start throwing stones, you know. Yeah, the devil hates him. You know, tried tried to kill him. Yeah, but he's really a, he's really got some vision and stuff. But but uh, anyway, moving right along. Y'all y'all enjoying this? It's after twelve. Here's a here's a family of three riding on a motorcycle. You see a lot of that. You see families of five riding a motorcycle. The law says only two can ride on a motorcycle, but they think the law is just a suggestion. Yeah. You'll see them carrying a mattress on their heads, too, you know, going down the road. Okay. That's it? All right. Well, did y'all enjoy that? Well, you know what? You helped pay for it. <laughs> Praise God. It was your investment, and, and I, I just wanted you to see, you know, a sampling. Uh, we have about 1,500 pictures, and uh, if you want to see all of them, I can send you the link. <laughs> and uh, Adam took pictures, I took pictures, and then during the meetings, we would give the camera to somebody, and they would take pictures, and we got lots and lots of pictures, but I think these just kind of give you the feel of what it was like there. And uh, uh, it's the time of year when there's a lot of fires up in the mountains. And so it's, uh, Kathmandu is always 
smog. I mean, you can't see the Himalayas. It's down in a valley, and the valley just fills up with smog because of all the diesel engines and all the campfires, all the people's. I mean, it just, and so you can't, you can't see the mountains. You can see the foothills that surround the city, but you can't see the Himalayas. Well, now, because of all the forest fires that are going on uh, in, in and around the area, uh, it's even thicker, so it's like you're walking in a fog all the time. And I, we thought when we went up on in the plane, you know, when we flew Buddha Air, because it, it goes up and it goes right along the mountains and then lands in Kathmandu, we thought, oh, boy, we're going to get to see the mountains. No, it was like flying in a fog the whole way. We didn't see anything. So I've been there twice, once with Ruth and once without and neither time have I seen the Himalaya Mountains. I see them in pictures, you know, but I haven't seen them yet in re real life. And they say you have to come after, after it's been raining, and after it's been raining, the air is clear, and then you can see the mountains. But haven't seen them. But on the flight going there, uh, I'm sitting in a waiting room waiting to get on the plane in uh, Doha, Qatar, cutter and I'm talking to the guys that are sitting around me they're all 35 40 you know 25 years old uh, they're all very fit I said where are y'all going they said we're going to we're going to Mount Everest I mean half the plane was going to climb Mount Everest and uh, and I said how long does it take you to do that and he says well uh, we're going to be in we're going to be there 62 days it takes, it takes that long to get acclimatized and get up the mountain and come back down. And I said, everybody here is going. And they said, oh, yeah, it's been closed for three years because of COVID. This is the first year they've opened it up, and everybody wants to go. And I said, so half the world is coming to stand on this one piece of ground. I said, it's going to be crowded up there and dangerous and all that. And he said, well... Yeah, but he said, I'm determined. I'm 43 years old, and it's the last chance I have. And I got to thinking about why I was in Nepal versus why they were in Nepal. And I was thinking, it's amazing what people will do for the, the glory of being able to say, I did it. I was there. I, was, I climbed the mountain. I stood on that tiny piece of dirt at the top of the mountain. You know, I defied all the odds, and I got there. And, uh, and, and it's like a graveyard. I mean, there are dead bodies all the way up to the top of that mountain. And, uh, you know, the people will risk their lives and their fortunes just to say I did it. And I thought, Lord, I, I'm so thankful that I'm me and not them. I'm so thankful that that I'm willing, I'm willing to put myself out there to make a, an eternal difference. And I believe that we, I believe that we made a difference. Uh, in the Kingsway Conference, let me just quickly tell you the difference I believe we made. In the Kingsway Conference, for the first time, we were able to bring those young people from We Acts 29 together in the same room with all these other older pastors by older, I mean like their 40s. These guys are in their 20s and 40s. 
but always before the older ones were suspicious of the young ones and they didn't even they didn't even want to have anything to do with them because they're so full of life and they they're so exuberant in their worship and they're so out there that it, it was intimidating to these other pastors but because of adam adam having a relationship with both groups we we were able to bring them together and the we acts 29 people were the worship team for these other ministers and their wives and and uh, the, in the last service we had we we it was a prayer service just a prayer and praise service and we're praying for everybody and i look out and these young men and young ladies from the we acts 29 group were laying hands on the leaders of the and, and they were moving around the room and they were praying for each other it was a huge breakthrough it was a huge breakthrough and so i i believe that you know i, I believe that next time they have a, an event like that it's going to be even bigger because they they've accepted each other and then the 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 second thing was uh, when we went to that church in the south in chitwan for the healing conference I told you that these these people were so backward and so timid and you know that they, they they wanted me to bless them they wanted me to lay hands on them and pray for them and but they were they were too timid to pray for each other well we had a big breakthrough <laughs> in that last service I told him I said you know Adam was teaching on spiritual maturity he's talking about being a baby then being an infant, being a child, being a, a, an adolescent, a teenager, and going all the way to adulthood. And he talked about the different phases, and he was doing a great job of teaching. And so I said, I said, okay, it's time for you to grow spiritually. Yesterday, you were needing us to lay hands on you to pray for you to be healed. Today is your promotion day. Today, you become the one who prays for people to be healed. I said, because yesterday when we prayed for healing, healing came. Healing came to every one of you. Every one of you have healing now on the inside of you. And the Bible says if you want to keep it, you have to give it away. And so the way you're going to keep yourself healthy and the way you're going to keep healing flowing in your own body is you're going to become a believer who lays hands on the sick and they shall recover. And I read Mark 16, you know, where these signs shall follow them that believe. I said, it doesn't say apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It says believers. And you're a believer. And yesterday we prayed for you. You received healing. Today you're going to pray for each other. Today the team is not going to lay hands on anybody you're going to lay hands on each other. And I had them stand up, and they just stood there and blinked at me. And I said, here's how you do it. Hold your hands up. And they held their hands up. I said, now turn, half turn, to the person next to you. And they turned. And then I said, now put your hands on their shoulders. And they put their hands on their shoulders. And I said, now pray in Jesus' name for them to be healed. And some of them did. And after a little bit, more of them were doing it. And the pastor came up to me and he said, are you finished already? He said, we got, we got, we got time here you know, for you to preach some more. And I said, no. I said, no, I'm going to sit down right here and, and I'm going to watch them pray for each other. Well, the pastor's kind of panicking because, you know, 
He didn't even know what to do. It was too early for lunch. They're still cooking lunch, right? So we had, a, we had about 45 minutes uh, in his mind, 45 minutes to kill. And so he wanted me to get back up there and preach somewhere. And I said, no, 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 they're praying for each other. Just leave them alone. And so we sit down, and somebody's playing music, and next thing you know, it gets louder, and it gets louder, and it gets louder. And now they're really praying for each other. And next thing you know, people are getting healed. They're wanting to come up and testify. So we had a testimony service where people came up and testified that, that their friend, their sister, their, their, their fellow church person laid hands on them, and God healed them. And then that just inspired them to do it some more. And, and man, we were late to lunch. We were late to lunch that day. And I, and I told that pastor, I said, I said, what you're seeing right here, it will bring revival to your community. If your people will get out of here and forget about these people being Hindus or Buddhists or whatever and just, just lay hands on the sick, when Jesus heals them, they'll come to church. I said, isn't that what happened to you, pastor? He said, yeah, 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 I was a, I was a Hindu until Jesus healed me and I, I became a Christian. I said, well, it's not going to be any different with them. And I told the people, I said, I said, don't worry about them being Hindu or Buddhist or whatever. Just if, if they're sick, pray for them and give God a chance. And uh, God will manifest himself to them as their healer and they'll want more of that. Amen. So I believe, I believe we, we had a breakthrough there. And, and those are the kind of things that were happening wherever we went. And uh, we even crashed somebody else's revival meeting. There, there was a revival going on, and we, we ran into the guy who was heading it up. His name was Bippin, and he's a Nepali guy, but wild. I mean, just wild guy. And uh, uh, he... He uh, invited us to his meeting, so we, th we thought we were just going to go and, you know, attend it. Well, as soon as we get there, you know, he comes to me and he says, well, you're going to be speaking at this time, and Adam, you're going to be speaking at this time. So we wound up speaking to this group of young people, and there were people there from Australia. There were people there from uh, uh, Minnesota. There were people from all over the world, and uh, and they were just hungry for God and so we preached to them and and then we had we had to leave because we had an appointment somewhere else so we walk in we preach and we walk out go down to the street and wait for a taxi for 30 minutes but <laughs> because Adam's cheap you know anyway <laughs> praise God hey in Adam's defense he can get more out of a nickel than anybody I ever saw Praise God. Stand with me and let's just thank God. I know this was a different kind of a meeting. I know this is, wow, we had this revival meeting and pastor just shows pictures. But I want you to see what, what you're doing. You're doing this. You know, I, I may be the one carrying the message to them, but you're the one sending it. You're the, you're the one that, that made it possible. And I, I want to thank you for allowing me to go. I want to thank you for backing me up in prayer. Uh, Heather, Heather told me that everybody, everybody was heavily invested in, in terms of their interest. He, she said she was, she was getting, you know, text messages and 
emails and things from people wanting to know how it was going. What, you know, and we're talking about my family. We're talking about people all over. She said she's never seen the interest in a missions trip that I was involved in that she saw in this. And so I want to thank you uh, for uh, make, help making that possible. I want to thank Ruth for preaching for me while I was gone. Amen. She did okay, right? She did okay. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm proud of her. Praise God. I saw the video. <laughs> uh, Adam and I watched the video. We were laying there in bed watching Ruth preach. And, and, uh, and he, act he actually watched the whole thing. He was, right. he was riveted. Amen. I think you've got a fan there. Praise God. So there's more to come. And, uh, and you know, we're going to file these pictures away, but, we, you know, uh, we, but we're not going to forget what God has done. Amen. Amen. Father, I just want to bless these people today. Thank you, Father. Uh, bless them for coming out today. Bless them for being a part of the revival this week. Bless them, Father, for being missions-minded, for having a heart for people in the world, people they will never meet until they get to heaven, but yet they, they love them and they give to them and they pray. Father, I thank you for the support that I have received as their pastor, and I know, Lord, that you will go and bless this church. Hallelujah. It, 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 it is impossible to expect anything else because you are true to your word. And you said, Lord, if we give, it'll be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, running over good measure. Shall men give unto our bosom. And Lord, I just know that your, your blessing is on this church and you are going to you're multiplying this church. I, I thank you, Lord, uh, you know, for Chris and Chance and Vincent and others lord that you're sending our way and we believe this is just the tip of the iceberg because cornerstone church is is destined to grow destined to become even more uh, of an impact in the world and you're touching and blessing all the work of our hands and we just receive your healing power for our sick lord i just thank you that our our 80 year olds our 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 octogenarians and our, our 70-year-olds and our 60-year-olds are receiving new life and a fresh uh, 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 infusion of life in their bodies. And I thank you, Father, as we go about uh, in the world that we're going we're, we're gonna to blow people's minds at what we, you're doing with us, even though we may be older people. Lord, uh, the world hasn't yet seen what we're capable of. And we give you praise that our latter days will be greater than all of our former days. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Reach out and touch somebody. 